Good afternoon. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. This is episode 27. I'm here in the office today. I've changed locations. Normally I record in my home, uh, but here I am with a special guest that I mentioned in episode 26. We have Margareta Lund. We have uh, a great history together working both professionally and personally. We have worked together to work with the province to help support some of the first responders on a project. Uh, She did a great interview with the project um, that we did a few years ago to help support and bring attention to mental health. Uh, I've witnessed her go through a lot of great work um, personally with some of the program we've done through injuries, through supporting uh, different pain syndromes uh, and um, development with fitness levels. And so uh, we've shared a lot of time together, a lot of hours, a lot of personal sharing, and I thought she would be an inspiration to um, somebody out there or many people out there who have gone through some of her personal uh, issues that she's going to share with us today and then we'll just have a, a nice light conversation and see how it unfolds uh, so margareta thank you for taking the time on this saturday afternoon uh, beautiful weather out here in vancouver on uh, july the 22nd uh, so thanks for coming into the office today yeah, no, thank you. And it's great to be here and nice in this temperature controlled room. It's a yeah. little bit too hot out there for me. So, yeah, this is great. Yeah, so um, share with the audience a bit of background um, from a high level professionally, uh, kind of where you've been, what you're doing, and how you're helping people now. And then we'll get into some of those moments uh, in your life where. Um, we use the bottom rock to focus on positive and some of the things that you share. So, um, yeah, just start with some of the things that you're doing professionally over the last few years. Sure. Okay. Well, with my work background, most of it has been in um, emergency management and then moving over to uh, more on the recovery side rather than the response and trying to help uh, communities, the people in communities that have been impacted by disaster. So originally um, I, I worked for the Coast Guard and then I had a lot of interest in emergency management when it was still a very new field, which was great luck on my part because uh, at that point there wasn't, you know, you didn't even need a degree because there wasn't such a thing. So um, I just had interest in the airport authority was opening up and I managed to um, get a position there and once I was there for a couple of years I was actually to get in I was doing the payroll and that was fine but that was kind of a you know uh, a boring job but um, a job in security and an emergency management opened up so um, I started there and and after um, a a number of years I um, became the the go-to emergency planner, manager, uh, and that was, you know, they, that was that was fantastic. It was the 
Wild West and, uh, you know, I just did a lot of research and I'd had huge interest and in, uh, we went from uh, airport and terminal fires and, and aircraft crashes and things like that, lots of emergency exercises, and then we came into 9-11, uh, so that changed everything. So September 11th and then we had SARS and then we had anthrax threats and uh, Seattle sharing with me about smallpox threats and it just went on and on and on but it was um, incredible experience at the time and uh, yeah just beyond my uh, kind of imagination of, of where my career could have gone so right time at the right place and the right interest and then after that I went I was consulting for a decade and doing a lot of oddly enough pandemic planning thinking will we ever need to use these skills in the plans that we've done so that and uh, CBRNE chemical biological nuclear uh, radiation all that kind of type of planning and then uh, and then I went over to um, health provincial health and was doing work there with uh, the different facilities, emergency management, but then, you know, once again, kind of saw where things were going. So uh, got into disaster psychosocial, and that's been extremely rewarding. So that's been really, you know, that's where it came to working with communities impacted by disaster and, and uh, working with local government to try and, and help the residents that have been impacted with their level of uh, mental health and wellness. So yeah, hugely rewarding. And I've been very, very fortunate. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of jobs at the right place at the right time. Yeah, so you've been exposed to uh more than most and being able to help hundreds if not thousands of people going through some of the worst case scenarios and preparing for the worst case scenarios and then living through it yourself uh, professionally and personally how much would you say does the planning of our structure through the pandemic so now we're on the positive side of covid what what was workable with the planning like what strategies worked and then what what helped you guys um, work through what you didn't see what couldn't you prepare for because sometimes when we're on that bottom rock uh, our our marriage just ends or our, our business goes bankrupt or we suddenly get a, a significant um, health diagnosis it we could have all the plans but then they get completely blown up uh, and we're and we're shook so was there specifically something with COVID that that kind of shook the foundation of the planning that you needed to quickly adapt by looking forward well I, I mean the planning that I did as a, as a consultant years ago that was very different because back then everything around pandemic that we planned for was worst case scenario but worst case scenario um it it did look different like so much of this was um the, the symptoms from before where they were very um 
visual, right? So, nine, uh, yeah, 1918 or a lot of those way back when were, you know, people when they got really sick, I mean, they were bleeding from every orifice and, and, and there was never any doubt that people wouldn't be fearful and that there would be any, be any problems with people pushing back of not wearing a mask. And um, I think we never would have thought of, and obviously didn't, of how many respirators were, were going to be um, needed. And the, you know, obviously over the, over the years, we've been condensing our supply chain as well and thinking that, you know, it'll all come from one source and how smart that is to be saving money. But then, you know, the one source, it's, it's just not enough, right? So, and, and you know, even, well, yeah, gosh, I'm kind of going in circles. But there was just, there's so many things that we really didn't predict with this. But at the same time, we've been screaming about it forever, yeah. right? And, and, but I think part of the biggest shock is the amount of people who didn't take it seriously, Right, and that they wouldn't be want to have altruistic motives to, you know, keep others safe. That's that is a shock, and still is. And so, how did you manage your personal stress during that? Because you were had a pretty big role in, in support, and you're connected with a very large network um, through government and public health. How did you help yourself so that you could show up? How was your cup? filled up every day well yeah and with my own I mean at, at that time I had moved on to the you know disaster psychosocial piece but you know knew that we had to do more on that but I was living downtown in uh, cl close to here in, in a small bachelor suite and downtown was you know kind of a nightmare everything was boarded up and it looked like something out of the apocalypse and uh, I knew I needed to get out every day but it was really it was pretty creepy downtown but I made a point of going out every day wearing a mask the only place to go was London Drug so that's <laughs> that that's where I, I went and and found the only place that I could get a coffee but made sure that I got out every day but I also tried to look at all of this from much more of a a, a stoic point of view and how my stepdad, you know, sees the world. It's really looking at this in at the point of time in history, right? And from that kind of stepping back and looking at it as a more of a fascination rather than getting, you know, too involved in, and too wrapped up in in self was like, wow, what a what an incredible, fascinating time that we're living in. And I started to feel like, you know what? I'm a survivor, and I'm going to survive. And that, I don't know, that, that really helped me a lot. I didn't get into the paranoia. I tried to, as an emergency planner, I did, you know, I got um, a small, you know, portable pulse socks for myself. I made sure I had good masks. I made sure that I got good masks and 95 to my sister and my stepdad, those I needed to look after. And then the rest of it was, you know what, just a day at a time. We'll get through this. And it worked. Yeah, so the symbol steps, just um, the compounding interest, basically, that putting in that work, keeping it simple, doing what you needed to get done, and, and then that led you to the other side. 
is it fair to say you use that same sentiment as you're now uh, an excellent mentor um, with women through the 12 step program and and through people uh, as they're progressing through some of their uh, challenges or or what how what's the difference between that broad scale kind of pandemic large-scale planning and public health into that uh, then that more intimate coaching uh, as a mentor yeah I mean it, it, it is yeah there's differences and, and similarities I mean the bigger part of that it would for me though was always that you know I'm going to be a survivor and what are the basics that I need to do and I knew um, it was like when I was drinking and was getting to the end of that or came to the end of that I mean I realized I was just um, kind of at at the end I had to surrender I couldn't go any further with this and kind of a realization of where the hell is my life going um, and you know knowing that I, I needed help and sought help I mean that's that's a whole that's a whole story into itself but um that I, once I, once I grasped and, and, and got the help, then it was, yeah, it was the same thing as, you know, I'm, I'm going to survive this in a day at a time. And that's what I, that's what I tell, you know, uh, my sponsees, right? Don't try to figure out what you're going to do in two years from now. Don't think too big, especially at the beginning. And it's the same as when, you know, people have gone through disasters. They're not thinking big, long picture. They're thinking, well, how do I get you know how do I feed myself how do I get a roof over my head what are the basics and they can't think about much else and that same with anybody you know fighting with addiction it's like a day at a time how am I going to get through this well that's all you need to think about is what do I need today to get through that and then you know later on it's it's then you can look at you know big picture but it's all about that initial self-care and that's the same for everybody right what are the basics that you need did you use a symbol of that survival um, reference? So some people will use a crucifix, a, a cross, uh, a necklace. They'll, they'll use tattoos. They'll use a bracelet. They'll use a rosary. They'll use um, a sports team. Was, is there a symbol that you use to kind of keep you um, moving forward that reminded you, okay, no, I, I need to remember I'm a survivor and, and keep flourishing. Yeah, I mean, I think it might have changed over the years. I mean, I'll, I'll have a, you know, a, a certain ring that'll be important to me now, like I have on a, a chain. I mean, I've got, you know, Viking um, replica of, of uh, <laughs> the... Uh, Thor's hammer, right? I've got that. I've got, you know, tattoos that are, you know, uh, Nordic um, tattoos that I I love and I actually feel strength from them. And I laugh when I first got them because they're the same on both my forearms. And um, I was at the park or something and went to a concession stand and this young woman went, oh, look at your tattoo. You look just like Wonder Woman. Well, and I went, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's, <laughs> that feels, yeah, that felt really great to me. So, you know, but I, and that, that too, I mean, I, I encourage, you know, 
anybody with that, whatever that, you know, works for you and or whether, you know, rather than that, if it's, you know, just prayer or whatever, whatever works, right? Whatever mm -hmm. works. So you, you've gone through a few things. Um, you, you, you mentioned not drinking. How long has it been now? Uh, 35 years, coming up, yeah, 36 this year. Um, yeah, it takes a while, um, you know, that, that didn't happen overnight, but that was a day at a time with everything, and, and every, you know, every decade is a little bit different, um, but, wow, I, I, I love, um, you know, I love being sober, and I, I, I love, um, the 12-step program probably more than ever and it's just amazing to me how people will say you know that they're they're getting bored or you know what am I getting out of this and it's all about what can you put back in so you know helping others and and you know being of service to others I mean that's what fills that hungry ghost that hole in you and and it's you know it's kind of sad when people if they don't grasp that they're missing such a big part of it but um yeah 35 years but never been more 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 grateful and and aware of it and i still to this day um when it comes up to kind of my anniversary date of when i did get sober i still have drinking dreams Right, and in my dreams, of course, I'm drinking and smoking, and I quit drinking and smoking in the same week, which was kind of cool because then I was just nuts all at once. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I still have drinking dreams, and in those dreams, I'm 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 sneaking drinks and I'm lying about it, and that you know that tells me what the reality is there. And even now, like when I was over in. Um, um, I went to London and I went to Edinburgh and and uh, I still, when I see the pubs, I think, oh my God, that's just out of, you know, it just still looks incredible to me. I know I wouldn't take a drink. I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm confident in that, but I still, I, I don't, I don't go in if I don't need to, you know, or if I'm not with a, a, a friend because it's still like, wow, that looks too it just looks too fantastic to me. <laughs> and I saw it wine the drug, but you know, it was the whole, it was the whole, um, you know, the, the sexiness of it, right? And every, you know, it's all that artificial. Everybody's laughing, joking, and it just looks like, wow, what an incredible world this is. And um, yeah, so I, I, I just, I just, you know, stay away from that because especially, I, I can't, you know, I've met so many people or new, new people that um, went away on holidays and drank because it's sort of like, oh, I'm in another world now. And it's like, good God, you know, well, at 35 years, I'm not going to do that. But I'm, I, you know, I, I'm respectful. I'm respectful of addiction. Respectful to yourself or to the... Of the power of, of it. The power, yeah. You know, it, it, it is very, very, it is very powerful. And if I'm, I'm not, you know, if I'm not aware or if I don't give it that respect, I mean, because I've seen so many people who have, you know, gone back out and drank and they think they can keep, you know, oh, you know, they can come back whenever they want, that they want, but a lot of them, they, they can't. 
it suddenly has them by the throat and they can't even make it back in the door, right? And, they've, and they, they didn't, you know, when they first quit drinking, they weren't people who had um, the DTs and in later stages of uh, alcoholism, you know, they were still in pretty good shape. And then, you know, they, they just fooled around with it and, and you know, one, one time too many. And then some of them had, you know, they've, they've gone out, they've overdosed. Some have had horrific car accidents and taken out other people and others are just, you know, they, they can't come back and they're trying. But every day they get up and they're craving of alcohol and they've got the DTs when they don't drink and you know their ego keeps them away and a lot of them they just live in this purgatory for the rest of the life and then some of them die and so you know you know have to be respectful of that because it is you know um, it's very cunning so your urge is a quick question are your urges still pretty strong at times oh no 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 they're not at all I mean the the obsession with alcohol um, left me after about three months, right? But I still had lots of days for years where I would say, oh, today is a day that I would have drank. Because when you are, a, you know, an addict alcoholic, I mean, we don't like to feel feelings. So everything, how we, how we celebrate, how we, you know, uh, deal with, anger, stress, whatever, it's all through drinking. So when we get sober, we have no freaking idea what to do with our emotions, none. So we're, we're, we're just kind of lost, which is why you know we need a program to help us to figure out how the hell do we live. And that's why you see a lot of the you know, newer about harm reduction and, and you know, new drugs that have come on the scene, which is absolutely fantastic. And, and if this can help people, especially, you know, those who have, you know, real difficulties, you know, substance use and, and they're just, you know, they, they can't hardly think clearly for, you know, an, an hour. I mean, you, you see them on the streets and it's horrific. But that's great, and if you you know help them with drugs or whatever it is that manage to do that. But now who you know how are they going to put their lives back together? Because they don't know how to live, yeah. right? Or deal with like I say day to day emotions. Yeah, I noticed uh, in myself even when you mentioned the, the today would be the occasion to drink and going out with family or meeting new in-laws or new friendships, um, I found that it was, alcohol was a form to bond. It was the catalyst to bond because then you can kind of act a little bit more lighthearted. You can share a few more stories. You can be a little bit more animated. Uh, you could play a few more games like we played Scattergories or Pictionary and kind of goofy games where it, Normally, without the alcohol, you'd kind of be in your shell, uh, without the confidence of the alcohol. Um, so I find it quite interesting that that I I I noticed that in myself, and have noticed that need to be more confident when going into new groups, um, without the use of alcohol. Um, so that was helpful to to see that for the people who are out there who are 
wondering, well, do I have an alcohol problem or am I drinking too much? I feel like my friend group is, uh, it drinks a lot and I'm, I'm, I feel like it might not be healthy or, uh, but it seems status quo. Are there mechanisms that you help people recognize where, hey, yeah, maybe I should completely go off of this? Uh, well, everybody has to figure it out, you know, on, on their own. But, I mean, there's many, many people who, you know, enjoy alcohol in a healthy way and it will never cross their minds. Am I drinking too much? Right? Except for my crazy mother who never, you know, got drunk like three times in her life and then would say to me, you know, oh, I, maybe I should, you know, <laughs> she'd have the dilemma, should I buy a bottle of wine or should I buy that expensive carrot juice? And I'd say, yeah, I, I don't think you have a problem, mom, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but those who are wondering if they, well then, okay, it's all about experimenting, right? So then, you know, don't drink for a month and try and do all the same activities, Right. I mean, you know, it, it, it talks about that in our you know, books about some of them said, oh, well, I won't drink um, hard liquor. I'll just drink beer for the next how long or, oh, yeah, I can do do, you know, without and I'll, you know, go w with some different friends and then I'll just have one drink after dinner. I mean, all the different, you know, and it's like, yeah, experiment and see what works. But then after a while, if you're like, oh this is a lot tougher than I thought, well, then maybe that is something to consider, right? And, and you know, the, the, the bottom with, especially with alcohol is, I mean, a lot of it has gone, it's much higher now. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, people were, you know, ending up in institutions or, you know, death madness, which right now there is a bit of a higher bottom because there's more, awareness earlier on so you know you don't have to lose everything and a lot of people think I mean I didn't I didn't lose my job I was always working I didn't go to a treatment center but I certainly realized my life was going absolutely um, nowhere because too much of it resolved or it revolved around party time every weekend right and um, well yeah and it, it just got bleak because I was uh, yeah, emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. I, I was sitting on the edge of my bed thinking, I can't even remember the last time I cried. And and you know me, I mean, oh my God, I cry at every commercial, I cry at, you know, I mean, tears flow pretty easily, but I was, yeah, I was just kind of cold inside and, yeah, emotionally and spiritually bankrupt, absolutely. So, you know, people need to experiment um, and, and see, you know, how, how is this working? And a lot of the time it'll come intuitively. They'll say, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm don't need to drink that much, right? Maybe, and, and manage all that on their own. And then there's going to be few, uh, you know, that percentage that need help. And that's, you know, that's where you need to, if you need it, ask for help because it's there for you. And how do you then soothe the emotions that you're experiencing because sometimes those those uh, and or help someone through that portion of it because the alcohol will help numb some of the emotions like you said but then and what I see in rehab all the time 
where the emotion is locked in in a muscle or a joint or a part of the body, and they start anticipating and creating the anxiety that there needs to be an event, a full breakdown, uh, a big release, a big episode of um, weeping and wallowing and and moving through the stress to then get on the other side. But oftentimes, uh, it can we can move through it a lot quicker without the big catastrophic event um, until we kind of hit that bottom rock. Uh, what, what do you encourage people to do to help um, navigate their way through that, uh, that soothing phase? Well, it's getting, you know, getting reacquainted with what the hell your emotions are. Right, um, but that's why it's good to have somebody that you can trust, that you can phone when you're. I mean, I I can remember being in my living room, and you know when I was feeling joy or feeling rage or whatever, and being in my living room just standing there going, I don't know what to do. You know, what's my outlet? And my outlet is talking to somebody, going for a walk. Um, I spent I can't tell you the first year how much uh, time I spent in the bath because that was safe for me and it would calm me down. And I had, you know, a few guys that used to phone me all the time, what are you doing, I'm in the bath, get out. You're not in the bath again, I'd splash away. Because <laughs> they couldn't believe it. But that's what I've told a lot of sponsees, you know, have a warm bath, calm yourself down, get out every day in, in, in nature, touch nature, touch the leaves, touch the bark on the trees, whatever it is, keep, you know, keep, keep, keep breathing and, um, you know, and then and have that, try and, you know, have that quiet time and whether it's just breathing to, you know, try and, and calm your mind, whatever those things are that works, but those are usually the tricks that I found, or not tricks, good habits to get into and, and you know, trying not to act out too much with with food, although it's pretty hard when you've taken out the other, but just so they're not going from one extreme to the other, because you see that all the time, right? With people with emotions, then they're suddenly, you know, gamblers and, and you know, losing their shirts in, in, in another way, so it's not transferring it, but doing those really, really healthy basics. Yeah, and, and removing the outside noise of well, you can't have two or three baths in a day, but sometimes you need to. Yep. Sometimes yep. you're having four or five. Sometimes you're having four or five showers. And I know I heard it from people around me uh, the past winter of, oh, you're, you're walking again? You're outside. It's, it's 10 o'clock at night. Why are you out walking? Why are you out jogging again? You already went for a jog. You already, had, you already did this and that. I said, yeah, but it, it works. I, I need to keep going. Um, so yeah, it works. Yeah, you know exactly, and and yeah, and it is whatever works for you, and it's good, um, you know, with some people if they're unsure. I mean, I can remember saying to my sponsor, "Oh, you know, I, I'm I used to lie out in the balcony um, with my headphones on in a bikini all summer long and singing. Do you think this is bad?" Because <laughs> they say, "Oh, you're you're the one. Oh, yeah, you're the one in the bathing suit on the balcony. All the you know the people in the laundry room or whatever." And she'd say, "No, no, I think that's fine." <laughs> I listened to um, the yeah some of the my favorite you know 
U2 albums or whatever that I'd listened to a million times. But you know what? It, it, it felt good, and it worked. So, absolutely. Yeah. And so, going through COVID, going through that addiction, it was all about survival. Was there a theme with going through the divorce that you went through? Is there a different theme or the same kind of theme? Um, I think it was... I think it was the same kind of theme, you know, absolutely. When I finally realized, I, I, I was unhappy for a long time, but when I, when I finally realized what the hell was going on um, in, in my marriage, it was, it was, actually, it was actually fairly liberating because at least I knew then what the hell I was dealing with. And it was that I was going to be a survivor, and I quickly realized how... Um, it, it was it was amazing to me and quite shocking to some of my friends. They actually thought I was I was faking it that I must be really grieving. And they run into me on the street and I say, Oh, you know, look at this! I got a new shirt. Oh, I got a new you know yellow bra and panties. Look at my nice ring. And they'd be like, What the hell, right? But it was just sort of um, the negative, stressful environment that I was in was suddenly lifted. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just rolled with it, right? I just went, you know what, I'm just, I'm just looking up and I'm not, I'm not looking back. I mean, sure, you know, as time goes on, I mean, I, I you know, with, looked at where, what red flags I didn't see and, you know, what can I do so this doesn't happen again. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just rolled with what were all the positives about it and especially you know removing myself from a, a stressful environment it was like wow this this is what it feels like to have calm again and I didn't even know I was missing that calm yeah and how how are you filtering that now so how are you kind of staying in your lane staying focused on yourself keeping your cup full and I know that you're feeling it physically in a very positive way energy wise you're almost uh 70 years old and <laughs> it, which, oh sounds, God, which sounds wild but <laughs> your your energy your strength your motivation the, like what you're doing in the community what you're doing in your own life you're now going into like orange theory classes you're getting all the way through that how how are you now filtering out some of that negative space? Is it just is it just those uh, healthy habits, or how are you how are you keep? Because I know you're be meeting new people all the time, but how do you keep those kind of darker demons out of out of your life? Well, and I mean, all you got to do is you know look at look at the news and and you know the. It, the nightmare. I mean, I, there's so many, so many negatives that I could focus on, and I and I and I I, I don't want to do that. I, I haven't got my head in the sand. I, I realize what's going on, but it's it's always about that. Like with the serenity prayer, what's within my control, and none of that is within my control, right? So um, yeah, so I'm I'm focusing on the positives. I know it's like I can't freaking believe I'm going to be you know, 70 next year, that milestone birthday, but because 
I want to stay alive and I, I want to be healthy. And I mean, just the things that you and I have done together, you've never treated me like, oh, I'm, you know, this is my older patient, right? Or, or patient client, you know, and, and the workouts that, we, that we've done and, you know, your attitude about, you know, I've, I've got a bad hip and you're like, well, you know, use it or lose it. Or if it goes, your knee goes, get a new one. Right, so that 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 really helped me because when I first started seeing you, that wasn't my headspace. I had a lot of worries about my body, but then I realized, you know, just just keep 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 going, keep going forward. So now it's 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 still a lot of that same philosophy about focus on the basics. So I I feel like my energy is kind of unlimited as long as I'm getting enough sleep. As long as I'm eating decently, I have a, you know, a philosophy of, um, you know, helping others. And, and like I said, the, the, the riches that I, that I get from that and I don't overtax myself. I just, you know, do what I can, but I have incredible gratitude that, that I have for the life that I have today and that you know, all of those combined, and, and, and that is, you know, that relationship with a, with a spiritual life as well. And I don't have a necessary belief in, in uh, you know, can put a, a name on that, but it's something bigger than myself. And it's the same if I travel to another country and I see every, you know, I like your God is my God. Whatever is going, I'm, you know, I'm believing in something bigger than me. And if I'm really quiet and I can tap into that and I can feel the power of that and I, and I, you know, I try not to lose sight of that. So between, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, with that combination of, of, of simple things and not getting hung up on, you know, stupid stuff that I can't do anything about or not, you know, losing sleep about the crazy stuff and, you know, the heating of the planet and everything that I can only do my little part, then, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. And, and I, and physically, mentally, like I, I want to, I, I'm a survivor and I want to keep it that way. So I'm just going forward and, like I say, get good sleep. And I, people will tell me, oh, do you think you're working out too much? Do you think you're... I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Because, you know, you you, you know this, right? Yeah. Like my energy level, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've made a lot of progress by challenging those belief systems, doing some of the workouts, doing some of the therapy some of it was let's call it tough love of I'm not listening to you whine about it or yeah. tell me you can't do it uh, some of the jumping yeah. exercises some of the jumping up onto the platforms or squats squatting too low or too high or this or that and those belief systems were challenged and you had the mental fortitude to also keep pushing yourself through it. Uh, so it was, it was great to watch, and, and the, the results came very quickly. So that took a lot of courage by yourself and commitment and dedication through that resilient survival phase. That's great. So uh, two challenging questions I have. 
of you're heading into 70. Now project yourself forward to, to 90. 90, uh, you sent me a video the other day of going for a, a run <laughs> or in a running race, yeah. and I think you would destroy all those people who are in that video. <laughs> um, so to make sure you beat all of those people in that race when you're 90, you're, you're healthy, you're, you're happy, um, you're mentoring even more people, what do you think you need? What are you going to work on for the next uh, 20 and a half years so that 90-year-old you is in that better position? What, what do you think you're going to work for, like work on? Well, I mean... I, what does I, she need? What does she need to be healthy and happy that you want to um, kind of set your sights on? Well, I don't think it's going to change all that much of what it is now, right? Mm -hmm. And that is that um, gratitude and, you know, trying to eat well, keep keep moving and, and don't, you know, don't have that vision of myself as, as old because, you know, um, I, I did have that and, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I don't now. I mean, sometimes I'm looking in the mirror and seeing the wrinkles I do, but, you know, but for the most part, I mean, my body feels, you know, um, it feels really great. But the other, the th other thing is that I'm, I'm a very curious person. And I think that really helps a lot because I'm interested. I'm interested in everything that goes, you know, that, that goes on. And I, and I, and I always want to keep learning and I don't, you know, I, I see friends that are like, and I'll, I'll tell them, you know, don't be the grumpy old man. Don't be the bitchy old woman, right? Like, you, you got you to gotta change that because I see friends slipping into that and I don't want to be that person, right? And, and thank God, you know, I am intra and because I do, you know, sponsor and work with a lot of people. I'm, I'm with people of all ages, right? And that, that helps to, you know, that helps to keep me young too and I and and having having an open mind like that that's huge mm. there's there's people who are listening to this I know who recently broke a, a bone in their body broke their leg uh, I know people who just had a cancer diagnosis some people are going through divorce some people are going through depression concussion healing they're at different levels of energy. They're at different levels of spiritual growth, uh, physical abilities. We're kind of talking to a crowd. Some people will be looking for a quick tip. Some people are looking for when they're on that like dark spot of uh, sometimes like, hey, she even sounds a little bit too happy for me. Like mm -hmm. she doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I've been through this dark uh, no, people can't understand the pain. There's actually somebody in today who is now 10 months, uh, went through a significant injury, uh, disc issues, ruptured tendon, um, basically broken hip, labral tears, and the medical professionals said, no, there, it's in your head, there's nothing on the imaging but then they, they missed the imaging. So provided some support for them. Is there anything today 
that's left here that you would like to share with people? I know that you've been uh, on the bottom rock. We don't have to get into that if you don't like, if you don't want to, because we know we've, we've all been there. And sometimes we don't have to go back into the, the darkest spots to, to heal. It, we just move through it. Um, is there anything left today that you would like to share that you thought of, you wanted to share, or any messages that are... Well, I mean, I, I guess, too, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to come off like Pollyanna. Everything's just been great. No, no, Because no. it, it sure as hell hasn't, right? And when I was in the black place before um, I quit, like, not long after I quit drinking and was trying to get my uh, life together, you know, I, I was raped. Um, I had a lot of uh, memories that came back about things that have happened in life that were incredibly, incredibly um, painful, and I didn't know if I was going to get through that. Um, you know, yeah, I've had a lot of very, very black places uh, that I've been in per periods of time, but, you know, it's always that little tiny piece inside that, you know, is, is just wanting to survive, right? And, and holding on to that. And I remember one time when I... I was actually, you know, thought of um, ending my life, and I, I phoned, and they actually, I ended up talking to a psychiatrist, and, and he just kept it so simple, like I wanted him to admit me, I, I, was, I, was, I was afraid, I was, everything just felt so black, and, you know, I don't know, maybe it was two in the morning or something, and he said, you know what, morning is coming, and I don't want to admit you because I don't want that on your, you know, record or whatever it was at the time. That and and but he just said, you know, the light will come, and you know, please, 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 just you know, get through. It's only a few more hours, and then you know, you may find just a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit brighter in the morning. So, you know, he said, do you think you can do that? And I said, yeah, I do. And, like, I can't even tell you how grateful I am to him, you know, because he just kept it that simple. And it's the same with drinking now. We'll say, you know, can you get through one day, right? And, and you know, we'll just be absolutely amazed how, what we can get through. And it's being kind to yourself. I mean, it's not like, you know, some of these days, and, and like you say, like physical you know, broken bones and, you know, and God forbid cancer. I mean, none of this, none of this is easy. And there's lots of days that you, it's, it's fine to just feel God awful, you know, but know that there's always, always keeping the thought that there's a little light up ahead, right? It's got to, the beacon has got to be there, yeah. right? And it's up, up to us and through whatever faith that we have in the universe to, to hold on to that, to find a, find it and hold on to it. So yeah, yeah. Before that decision, give take it, take the day, s sit in it, have that warm shower, have that warm bath, go for a walk, and and give yourself that gift at least. Um, Definitely. Thank you for now also being that light for the people that you're mentoring for the people that you're helping professionally and personally. Now you're that light for them. It's an incredible gift back to them and the community uh, across all of the land. And uh, 
So thank you today for coming here and sharing your message. It was an awesome podcast, awesome conversation. I learned even more about you and uh, and am inspired to keep going through it all. So I appreciate it. Well, and, and thank you because I'm sure this podcast was necessary, right? It's needed. People need to hear, right? What's it like on the bottom and, you know, we'll find our way up. For sure. Thank you. That is The Bottom Rock.